Recruiters are only good at putting square pegs in square holes. So what that means is that they're looking for people who have largely filled what I call same job, same industry roles in their history. And uh, whether that is internal recruiters or external recruiters, even Arate executive, when we are retained by organisations to uh, fill a role, we are looking for people who've done it before, they've done it well, and they're motivated to do it again. Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organisations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Welcome to the RJ Podcast. Great to have you along. Today, what I thought I'd do is I'd have a chat to you about what's happening in the current market. Uh, I write about this subject in my book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, which I would highly recommend that you read If you uh, would like a copy of that, you can get a copy for free by uh, going to my website, or if not, feel free to email me and I'll send you one. Uh, But it's a really interesting time in the current market. I'm based here in Queensland, and uh, whilst I uh, cannot speak more broadly about the entire employment market across Australia, I imagine that much of what is happening here is happening elsewhere, and certainly we are recruiting roles in Sydney and Melbourne, and it very much appears to be the case that in the main, there is a lot of uh, confidence, uh, a lot of excitement about the future. Uh, Particular industries are enjoying much better times, in particular, the mining industry, and certainly mining being such a critical backbone of employment in Australia. Generally, when mining is going well, other things are too. So if you're actively looking for a new job, then, it is a good time to be out there and getting amongst it. And certainly I think that people will start to see a lot more opportunities advertised, which are relevant to your backgrounds, experience, etc. But as is always the case, the vast majority of recruitment happens in what we call the hidden job market, where the role is never advertised, it never gets to a recruiter. The only way to get access to this is to be able to circumnavigate the traditional way of finding a job. And I'll talk more about this in this podcast. One of the things that is happening, particularly in medium to large organizations, is the continued rise of internal recruitment. And so internal recruitment has always been there. However, historically, internal recruiters would largely look after what I call more lower end transactional roles and senior opportunities would be given out to executive search companies uh, in order for those roles to be managed and filled. But internal recruiters are becoming more sophisticated and they are having access to tools like LinkedIn, which is again going through further modifications and uh, improvements in the way that it utilizes uh, artificial intelligence. And so internal recruiters are starting to work on far more senior roles And in fact, you might see in some organisations that they are recruiting at C-level. What I mean by C-level is CEO, CFO, CIO, etc. And they're using their internal recruitment teams to manage these assignments. Not often at CEO level, but certainly at the uh, executive leadership team level, it's becoming a lot more prevalent. Now, I've got a lot of views on 
whether it's appropriate for these roles to be managed by internal recruitment or not. Uh, but I won't talk about that in the podcast today. Uh, instead, I'll just focus on the fact that it is happening and it's something to be very conscious of and aware of. Now, recruiters are only good at putting square pegs in square holes. So what that means is that they're looking for people who have largely filled what I call same job, same industry roles in their history. And uh, whether that is internal recruiters or external recruiters, even Arate executive, when we are retained by organisations to uh, fill a role, we are looking for people who've done it before, they've done it well, and they're motivated to do it again. And so they are largely people in same job, same industry. So what do I mean by that? Let's say that you are a CEO in the mining industry, you've worked in an ASX listed company, uh, and you have particular experience in coal mining. So same job, same industry for you would be uh, to find another job as a CFO in a mining company. It may be a job with uh, more uh, responsibility, it may be a job with more flexibility, it may be a job with a higher salary, you may be moving location from let's say Sydney to Brisbane or Brisbane to Perth and you need to find a job in the local market but largely that is same job, same industry. However a lot of people in their 40s and uh, even earlier start to think about moving out of same job, same industry. Particularly people who have uh, perhaps gone and done some further education an MBA or something else, and they've started to think about having aspirations to change. And again, in my book, I talk about three other quadrants, one quadrant being same job, different industry. So I want to remain a CFO, but I want to move out of mining into uh, another industry that I have a passion for. The next quadrant is different job, same industry. So I love the mining industry, but I want to move out of being a CFO. Perhaps I want to move into being a COO, or I might want to move into a board career, or I might want to move into uh, some kind of consulting arrangement, whatever it might be. Love mining, but don't want to be a CFO anymore. And the final quadrant is different job, different industry, where I want a complete change. And again, the example I give in my book is my own experience of being essentially a chief operating officer for a national facility management company, and going to see a recruiter that I'd been a client of, I was finishing my MBA, I was thinking that I wanted to have a complete change, and before you knew it, I'd moved into the recruiting industry. So that was very much different job, different industry for me, and there's lots and lots of examples of people who've done that successfully, and there's lots and lots of people, examples of people who really would like to do that. Now, coming back to LinkedIn, what LinkedIn is allowing is for internal and external recruiters to be able to scope out and map talent much, much more effectively than they used to. So they would put an ad on Seek and they would wait to see the ad response and they would be looking to see whether quality people have applied who, again, come from same job, same industry. What LinkedIn is allowing is for much greater reach. So we are now, as a search firm, able to go out and map, let's again use the example of CFO of an ASX listed mining company, we can actually map the CFOs of ASX listed mining companies and using LinkedIn we can reach out to them directly promoting the opportunity and you know as a search firm we're not just relying on that, we will also call people in their workplaces in order to sell the opportunity to them and hopefully engage their interest in being an applicant. 
LinkedIn is developing a new technology, uh, which I'm not that familiar with yet, but basically where artificial intelligence is allowing internal recruitment teams predominantly to put in some key attributes of the people that they are looking for and LinkedIn Recruiter will actually build the list for them. So once again, it's becoming much more easy uh, to go out and get longer reach uh, for people who specifically meet your requirements. So what does that mean for you? Firstly, if you want to be identified, it's critically important that your LinkedIn profile uh, clearly demonstrates your skills and experience and has the keywords that are necessary for this artificial intelligence or indeed search professionals like us to be able to find you. Um, so if you're looking for same job, same industry, there are some very particular things that you can do which are not particularly hard that are gonna enable you to be far more visible and therefore approachable for same job, same industry roles. And again, I won't go into a lot of that in this podcast because it's in my book and uh, feel free to read more about it there. But what I am really focusing this podcast on is for those people who want to move out of same job, same industry. And the only way to do that successfully is to get in front of your employers of choice before they know that they need you. So that rather than being compared against 200 potential other applicants who may have far more relevant experience uh, in that same job, same industry environment, what you want to do is get in front of your employer of choice so you are purely being assessed on your own key achievements and transferable skills so that an organisation will consider you for opportunities outside of same job, same industry. One of the easiest ways for me to illustrate this is to talk about a role that we did a little while ago. I can't recall if I've talked about this on the podcast previously, so if I have, uh, you know, uh, I apologise in advance, uh, but you might get some value out of listening to this story again. Arate Executive offered two levels of recruitment solution. One is where we run the entire process through to placement and we provide a 12-month replacement guarantee and we do that for 15% of base salary package. Another solution that we offer is where we run a headhunting process uh, coupled with an advertising process in some instances uh, up to the delivery of a fully telephone interviewed shortlist and the client then closes out the balance of the process and we do this for 7.5% of package, which is extremely affordable. It's very quick. We guarantee to deliver within 20 working days. So it's affordable, it's fast, and it gets people access to talent that they wouldn't normally have otherwise. One of the areas that this uh, particular solution is very popular is in the not-for-profit industry. Obviously, they have limited funds. The funds are redirected or directed towards their primary responsibility, which is uh, caring for their uh, stakeholders, whoever they may be. And so if they can reduce their recruitment spend, then that's a great thing. So uh, at 7.5%, not-for-profits love this particular solution. Perhaps about 18 months or so ago, we were retained by a Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So those people aren't familiar with Queensland, Sunshine Coast is about two hours Drive north of Brisbane, uh, you know, Noosa, Maloolaba, Maroochydore, that kind of area. Uh, we were retained by the chair of a disability-related not-for-profit. And they were looking for a new CEO. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the uh, brief that we were given was basically as follows. 
The chair said to us, look, we are a disability not-for-profit. The board are voluntary. Uh, often the people on the board don't come from the sector. So we really don't know what we don't know. We need somebody to run this disability-related not-for-profit who has got significant experience in this area. They must come from a C-level role within a disability-related not-for-profit. So that was absolutely mandatory for consideration. That was priority number one. Number two was not-for-profits uh, in the disability space are now working towards NDIS. And NDIS is essentially a change of the funding model where instead of the money going to the not-for-profit that they can then spend, the money goes to the client and the client can choose who they want to spend it with. And so a lot of disability-related not-for-profits at the time, and even now, were very concerned about NDIS and the ramifications for their business. So priority number two, this person must have a very strong understanding of NDIS in order for us to navigate through this changing environment. Priority number three was we understand that post-NDIS is going to be a lot of M&A activity in the market. Some much bigger commercial players are going to come in because they can now see opportunities to make great revenue and there's going to be M&A of smaller not-for-profits as a result. So this person must have a strong understanding of M&A. And the fourth priority was we know that we will have to innovate our services in order to remain relevant. So this person must have been able to demonstrate that they've delivered innovation within our sector. And the final one, uh, priority number five, is they must be happy to live on the Sunshine Coast if they're not already here. So again, quickly, uh, must come from sea level and a disability not-for-profit, must understand NDIS, must have significant M&A experience, must have significant innovation experience in our sector, and must be prepared to live on the Sunshine Coast. Now, as I'm sure you'd agree, uh, that is a, a pretty big task to find people who meet all of those criteria. So off we went. We ran our typical headhunting slash advertising process for this role. And at the end of 20 working days, we came up with nine candidates for the chair and the board who met the brief. Some of those candidates met it better than others, but all met it uh, largely. And the chair said to me, Richard, that's fantastic. We really like what you've done. We're definitely going to interview some of those candidates. Thanks very much and uh, job well done. So under our 7.5% model, our formal engagement with the assignment was now concluded. But perhaps about six weeks later, I rang the chair and I said to the chair, you know, how did you go in terms of recruiting your new CEO? And what he said to me was, look, Richard, we really like the uh, list you presented. I believe that they interviewed about four of our candidates. But at the end, we uh, recruited somebody who you hadn't shortlisted. And the person that we recruited was the general manager of the Sunshine Coast Tourism Bureau. Now, as I'm sure you'd agree, the general manager of the Sunshine Tourism Bureau did not meet the brief. He was not same job, same industry. He did not come from a disability-related not-for-profit, and as a result, the other priorities that they were looking for, he would have limited experience and exposure with, and so he was definitely not part of our target market for this opportunity. Now, how did he get the job? Well, because he knew a couple of people on the board, and he was able to successfully sell his key achievements and transferable skills to the point where the board said, we are happy to take this risk 
in appointing this person uh, to be the CEO of our uh, um, not-for-profit organisation. Now, when I spoke to the board and the successful CEO candidate uh, a couple of months ago, so we're talking over a year into the role, he was loving the job, they were loving him, they were kicking big goals, it was a fantastic outcome, a superb result, everybody was happy. However, if he'd applied for the job, he would not have even gotten to interview. He would have received a, uh, what we call a TNT, thanks but no thanks letter, uh, because he just simply didn't meet the brief. And so this is a very clear example of somebody who was able to move into largely different job, different industry, uh, not being a CEO, not worked in the disability sector. So he'd moved into different job, different industry by getting in front of the employer before they know that they need him and then being able to successfully sell his key achievements and transferable skills in order to be offered the role. Now, I can talk about countless examples of where this has happened. This is what I really, really encourage people to do. If you are wanting to move out of same job, same industry, what you need to do is to identify your employers of choice. You need to work out within those organisations who is the most relevant person to speak to. And you need to approach them directly in order to get in front of them, build a rapport so when the vacancy becomes available, if not immediately, you are logical first choice. That will never ever happen when you are applying for a role that is advertised that is not same job, same industry. Particularly when the role is being advertised by internal recruitment. Internal recruitment are very uh, tactically driven. They are balancing and managing multiple assignments at any one time. They simply can't invest in the time to investigate and champion candidates who are not same job, same industry. So to conclude this podcast, if like many people, you want to move out of same job, same industry, there is a very different approach you need to take to your job search. And again, I would highly recommend you read my book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market. But I will talk more around these topics in future podcasts uh, to give you a greater explanation of how this particular process works and how you can use it to accelerate your job search and achieve your job of choice with your employer of choice. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like to accelerate your executive career journey, Richard invites you to join his CEO Incubator community on LinkedIn. Just search for CEO Incubator in LinkedIn groups and click on the Ask to Join button to apply. We'll see you in the community. The Arate Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.